Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a purpose for each, each season. For everything there is a season, a purpose for each season. You know, this is one of my favorite scriptures. You know, I, I, I read this when I was a teenager. For the first time, I was like, I went through the book of Ecclesiastes, and I was like, whoa, like this is deep and crazy and wild. And, and, and just knowing that, I'm like, this is amazing, because one of the things that I would uh, struggle with was, in, and, and I still do sometimes, okay, but it was, it was, a, um, it was a, something that would create anxiety in me was uh, lack of patience. I would always think, you know, as a, as a teenager, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get married. Oh my gosh, like, uh, will I ever have kids? Look how cute these babies are. Will I ever do this? Will I ever, you know, uh, go on vacation with my spouse? Will I ever get to that? You know, is the Lord going to come now and I'm not going to be able to do any of those things? So I was in constant fear, you know, and in constant, like, anxiety and, like, man, like, uh, can it happen now? Like, I don't even like anybody that I know. Like, I was like, so like in so much hopelessness and despair because like, how am I ever going to get married if I don't even know anybody who I like? And then what if they don't love God? And, you know, so just so much of this. So reading this and understanding like God's saying, hey, listen, calm down. Like, I have a great plan and a purpose yeah. for your life. And there's a time and a season for everything, you know, which led me to understand if I only walk with God, like he will walk me to my glorious future that he has prepared for me. And I don't have to worry and I can enjoy today because when you're so worried about tomorrow, you cannot enjoy today. Right. And so life has so many seasons and every season of your life has a significant purpose. Yes. And usually that purpose in that season is to get you to the next season. Yes. And we can miss it and never get to the next season because we're not content where we're at and we don't see what God is doing. Um, I wish somebody told me when in my early 20s um, what destiny really was, because in my mind, destiny is like my destiny is not going to start until I get married, or maybe you believe the lie, destiny doesn't start until I'm in my dream dream job and I'm out of school, or maybe destiny doesn't start until I make a lot of money, or maybe destiny doesn't start. I mean, we all have these things, but actually that's not true. When you love God, destiny starts today, like it's now. Destiny is now. Right now, us being together, this is our destiny we're living in purpose right now. Every single day with God is destiny. And destiny is actually a lifelong journey with God with lots of seasons. And in every season, we have an opportunity to get closer and more intimate with the Lord. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of seasons and enjoying the season. So I just, I want to say that you're, you're in destiny if you love God. Now, you might not be in God's destiny. <laughs> if you love God, you're in God's destiny. A lot of people are in destiny. Destiny is kind of your choices that you make, really. We can choose to be in God's destiny, or our choices make our own destiny. And today, the choices that we make today is building our destiny for tomorrow. So just so you know, you're in purpose and destiny right now, being here. That's right. You know, um, I think that's, that's another part of uh, destiny, right? We, everybody has a question, what's my destiny? What's my purpose? You know, when will I get there? And understanding that 
destiny is now. See, we think destiny is in the, something in the future far off, but the future really is like when I finish this sentence or when we get out of church, you know, or tonight. Like, th- that's the future. So yeah. really, you know, who determines when? The f- it, like, truth is destiny is now. It's right now. You're in your destiny. You're yeah. walking your destiny, you know, and when you, when you start walking with Jesus, you start walking in your God destiny. Yes. Right? Yeah, so if you're single, you're in destiny. Your life is not on hold. You're not just waiting for something to happen, something external to happen to be in destiny. Destiny is here. Jesus, being one with Jesus is destiny. Um, Psalms 1 is one of my favorite psalms. I actually pray this over my kids almost every day. And I want to read Psalms 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never never wither, but they prosper in all they do. And if you see there that it doesn't say, you know, once you are married, once you have kids, once you have your dream job, once you finish school, then you will prosper. Prosperity comes from walking with the Lord and choosing those you hang around. That's what it is. Who are you hanging around and are you meditating on God's word? Is God's word biggest in your life? Because if it is, every single season you will be bearing fruit. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have kids, whatever's going on, whether you're in school, whether you're not in your dream job yet, the word promises that you will prosper on who you hang around, and if the word of God, if you're mm-hmm. meditating on that, that is captivating your thoughts more than anything else. Yep. Yeah, I love that uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, because it is such a, such a picture of how God wants to walk with us. And, and as you're walking with God, there's rest, there's prosperity. Yeah. You know, so it helps us identify also when we've walked away from God, because there's no more rest, there's no more peace, there's yeah. no more prosperity we don't seem to be flourishing and it's like somewhere there maybe I kind of took my own way and I kind of made my own turn and so it helps us helps us know like okay yes it wherever God takes me you know I'm, I'm walking with him in destiny even if it doesn't look exactly how I um how I pictured it you know I think it was uh in my wedding Dan made one of the best toasts I've ever heard and and uh he said, may God always give you what you want, even if you don't recognize it at first, oh, always, right. even if you good don't job, always Dan. recognize it at first. You yeah. know, I still remember, I'm like, that is so good, Dan. Like, and it is so true. You know, many times we think it's, it has to look this way. Like if I was walking with God, my life would look this way. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of like just limiting God. And like Nick says, you know, we putting God, making him in our image instead of like, saying, no, Lord, help me discover, like, what is, what's the purpose of this season? What am I supposed to learn in this season? Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt that I'm walking with you, and there's purpose in this season also. Yeah. Anytime we're looking for something externally to happen to bring us joy, we will be so disappointed. And just so you know, it kind of goes along with what Dan and Kim was saying this morning, like, we actually never arrive. Like, once I'm here, once I have this, then there, there's always more. Because until Jesus comes back, there's so much growth that takes place. And so 
really enjoying the season that you're in. Some of my most precious times with the Lord is when I was single. And it really prepared me for the next season. Yes, singlehood is a gift. Yes. Singlehood is a gift. a gift. Unfortunately, most people don't value this amazing gift. Until maybe you're married. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage is a gift too, but no, 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 no. But I just mean like you always want them. (laughs) No, no, no. Marriage is a gift too. We'll get that. That You guys know we're fans of being married, but... You don't always know how great this season is until you're in another season. Yeah. Right? No, that is very true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> singlehood is a gift, and we're going we're gonna to go it's into why singlehood gift. is a gift, all right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you're single, you need to recognize the gift. You don't yeah. want to recognize it later when you realize, oh, I missed out on that season. And it's not because marriage isn't good. It's because when you're married, you're just not single. <laughs> That's it. You're just not single. So there's things that you just don't have and can't do because you're not single anymore. Yeah. And there's and it's amazing, right? Marriage is amazing and, and, and it could be enjoyed and it could be uh, uh, a place of peace and it could be a place of joy and it could be a, a very fun season, you know, when you're in, in your marriage, like, you know, till death do you part. But you, you just, the plan is not to get back to being single. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. So if you're single and you're and you're unhappy because you're not married, let me tell you, like, enjoy and recognize the gift of singlehood because once you're married, you're not. It's not. You're not supposed to go back to single. Okay, that's not the plan. It's not the design. And so there, there's things in, in singlehood that we're going to talk about right yeah, now. Yeah, and you might have the gift of singleness for your entire life. You know, Paul in the Bible was single. That's what he knew his calling was. It's not like this is to prepare you for that. It's more what does God have for you? You might truly have a desire to be single your entire life. I think the Lord gives us the desires of our heart. But he will not give us a blessing if it will crush us. And so many people, because they don't enjoy the season that they're in, the blessing can never come because it will destroy them. Even marriage. Some people are like, okay, I just want to get married. I want to get married. But if you're not ready for it, marriage will destroy you. And them. And them. Because you're not ready for it. And so there's things that you want. Maybe being a business owner. You know, it sounds so great to be a business owner. But anybody who's a business owner knows that the blessing comes with great responsibility. Right? It's not as glorious as it sounds. And so really enjoy the the season you're in and say, God, I want to get everything out of the season. I want to live it to the fullest. Prepare me for whatever you have. Yeah. And so um, we're going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and um, you're going to... You're going to read that. I'm going to read that. Yep. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. First of all, I just want to take a quick poll because some of you analytical people might already be distracted by this. So how many of you would say it's singlehood, and how many of you say singleness? Singlehood? Singleness? It's really both. Okay, good. So it's not bothering many of you. That's good. Am I switching back Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's we need to be on him. the same page. Single hood. Single hood. Yeah. He's distracted. Let's match that, the title, single hood. Single hood, okay. Single hood. 
Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 says, But I wish everyone were single just as I am. Now, this is Paul speaking, okay? And Paul was single, and he had the gift of singlehood, yes. okay? It says, Just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God um, of one kind or another. So, um, and then do we, you want to go into yeah, right, go verse 32? If we can go that. to verse 32 to 35, it says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Okay, um... You know, if you've been a part of this church for any length of time, you know that we're big fans of marriage. Marriage is a gift, and it's so great. But at the same time, because we say that all the time because that's in the season we're in, it doesn't... And under- we will be in this season till death do us part. Yes. It doesn't... <laughs> yes. I'm not trying to get rid of you. <laughs> it doesn't undermine the, the gift of singlehood. And I think because all the lies of the enemy in the world, there's like a stigma on that. And Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was wholly devoted to the Lord. And that season of being fully devoted to God, it is such a gift. Because what Paul said is there are earthly responsibilities of taking care of one another. And it does distract you. It's not bad. God loves it. And, and the thing is, we're all on this process of dying to old man, right? We're on the process of dying to an old man and walking in the new nature, right? Is that what, is that what we do? Yeah. We're saved? Okay, so marriage just super speeds that process. It's very good. But you have the Holy Spirit, and you can do that being married or not married. You know, that is the process of becoming more and more into the likeness and image of God, what's on the inside coming out. Um, and that's so important what she said because, I mean, most of you, except for Dan, probably have only known us married, right? And, and that's great. But we, and we are very much encouraging marriage. We love marriage. You know, we, if we you're promoted. Whole and healthy. Like, like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. God's design. Marriage, God loves marriage. And, and we're always promoting and pushing and, 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 and encouraging you, you know, in your marriage and to have great marriages and to improve in your marriage and all this kind of stuff. But, but you know, the Lord did show us like, hey, you know, we, we need to address singlehood because singlehood it was a very important, if not fundamental key part of our life. And it's probably one of the main reasons why we so love marriage now. And we're, you know, we don't have regrets like, oh man, like I wish we waited longer or I wish like, you know, that's so, so it's important to also know like, you know, that, that part of our lives and that, and that was our testimony of our singlehood. So this is, this is why we felt led to share this part because you guys also have, if you're not single, you have kids that are growing up and that are becoming young adults and and, and all this stuff. Yeah. I am. I grew up in a home. My mom got married at 18. My sister got married at 18. And so naturally I'm just like, okay, you get married at 18. 
I mean, that's just what you do. That's normal. Because your childhood and what you're raised in is normal to you, you know. And so I was actually in a relationship um, my junior year. Um, I, my parents actually set me up with this young man. And we dated for a few years, and this was the one I was going to marry. I just knew it. And we kind of had a lot of the details planned. He just hasn't, hadn't officially proposed. And at this time, um, I started going to revival meetings with the Lord. Now, up until this time, I grew up in church. I loved God, but God was very distant. I didn't know that I was in. I felt like a nobody. I felt unseen, unheard. God was far off. I never felt special ever. Like, I just felt invisible. I don't know if any, that, that's kind of where I was at. And I started going to this revival meeting with this um, revivalist, Leon Van Royen from South Africa. This is important. This is why I'm sharing this. And God encountered me at 19 years old, and I felt the presence of God, and it literally just undid me. And I felt God's love, and for the first time in my life, I felt love, the person love. I felt Jesus, and it transformed me. So all of a sudden, I'm getting wrecked. I'm getting messed up, and I'm still dating this young man, but he's not encountering God, and I'm encountering God. And so all of a sudden, something's not feeling right, and, and it's because I truly met Jesus, not religion. And he proposed to me, and when he gave me the ring, I looked at him, and I felt so sick to my stomach, like nauseous. And I looked at him, and I ran in the house, and I left him there with the ring and said nothing. And he's trying to call me, and I don't know what's going on. And I, I, said, I cried out to the Lord, and I, I barely know God at this point. I only know, you know, the, the false God that I had in my head, not the intimate, loving God. Uh, not false God, but the image I had of him. Do you know what I mean? So I cried out to God, and I said, God, you, I know you give dreams in the Bible. Give me a dream. Tell me, is this you? Because I, I was not recognized. I didn't know if this was God's voice. So I went to bed that night. I said, just give me a dream. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll break it off. I want to be obedient. Just tell me. I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning, no dream. He's trying to call. He's wondering what's going on. My life is turned upside down. You know, like, you know when you have a plan, then God? This is happening. The next night, and I'm still working full time. So I'm going to work during the day, and I'm coming home, and I'm in school full time, and I'm going to bed, and I'm like, God, just give me a dream. If you tell me, just tell me. I just, I need a dream. Tell me this is you. This is a big decision. I woke up the next morning, no dream. Now I'm mad. I want to obey you, God. Just give me a dream. If you would just give me a dream and tell me what to do, I'll listen. I promise I'll listen. Give me a dream. The next morning, I wake up and no dream. I'm in my room just bawling. The phone rings. This is landline. The landline was happening. No cell phones at this time. I pick it up, and my older sister, who was already married, moved out of the house. She goes, what is going on? The last three nights, I've had dreams about you and this, she, the name of this guy I was dating. The Lord says he's not who he says he is. He's not who he says he is. Do not marry him. I broke it off. Six months later, he's in hardcore pornography, gambling addiction, we did Sunday school together. I thought he loved God. I saw no signs of this at all. 
I gave my heart fully to the Lord, and I said, I will be single my entire life. I am so in love with you. I obviously don't know how to choose the right spouse. Please, God, do whatever you want. And I ended up going to Bible school. I ended up being a missionary. And my singlehood, I got married at 25. I rocked my singlehood because of Jesus. We had so many adventures together. And God knew I was about to have five babies in a row where I would have hardly any time. I'm like, God, run with me over here. God, run with me over here. But I would just spend hours in the presence of God. And I'm not saying this like I'm amazing. No, he's so amazing. I couldn't get out of the presence of God. I would wake up at four in the morning, pray for hours, go to work all day, go to my classes, and then be at church and serve. I was so in love with Jesus. God, what are we going to do? And we just do these adventures that when I met Ben, I felt like I was having an affair on God. Those feelings were real. Oh, my God. I'm thinking about him way too much. I do love you. I do love you. And all of a sudden, all of my thoughts are consumed with this man. <laughs> and it was like, it was funny. But even on the honeymoon, I'm like, this is awkward because I have so much time with God. And all of a sudden, he's around. <laughs> and you have to learn to, to have that time. But I'm just saying that I am so happy that I did not get married at 18 and marry the one who I thought. I got married at 25, and God got to do such a deep work in my heart because we attract people. Whatever's in your heart, you attract. I see some single people, their list of who they want. I'm like, you're not even that. You want to marry that? You become that. Become who you want to marry. You want to marry somebody who loves the Lord? Then you love the Lord. We have these expectations on people, and then we're not even that. Become because then all of a sudden, look, Look what I attracted. Look at what I attracted. Oh, stop. <laughs> but I will tell no. you this. I didn't need Ben. Mm -mm. I wanted him. Still doesn't. I wanted him. <laughs> I wanted him. But I didn't need him. I was so fulfilled by the Lord. And I am so happy because if I needed him, he would have never been able to satisfy. Because only mm -hmm. Jesus can. Yep. Only Jesus can. My my side was a little similar, um, but I mean I didn't propose to anybody or anything like that. You know, <laughs> I uh, I graduated high school and right before graduating high school, when I was like 16, 17, I decided to fully serve the Lord because I was like, you know, parties on Friday, Saturday, Sunday church. You know, and I just had a double life, and I had an encounter with Jesus at, at a youth conference when I was 17, and. And Lord was like, it's up to you whenever you want to stop wasting time. And, you know, we get on with the plan I have for you. And I was like, ah, Jesus, you know. And, uh, and I decided I'm a, I was going to stop playing around, you know. And the Lord meant stop playing around with dating and, you know, just like the world and everything. And I was like, okay. So I made it. I decided in my heart, like Joseph, like he, he decided in his heart, right. And, and I, I decided for myself I'm not, I'm not going to date until... I know she's the one, like, because my heart just, you know, will go crazy, and then my thoughts will go crazy, and then, you know, I won't be able to think about anything else, and the Lord's like, I need you to be single-minded about serving me, and, um, and it was like a series of seasons in my life that would only change after I knew how to be content and give the best 
with excellence where I was. And so I did that a few times, and one of those times it led me to, uh, to the mission field where I met Dan, and we went on, on this uh, mission trip for, I don't know, like a year or so, and we traveled through Central America, and we did Miracle Crusades, but it was a time of just serving God. And let me tell you, there was girls everywhere. Every city we went to, I mean, everywhere. There was always girls around, especially Dan. Like, man, he was like, no, I'm just kidding, Maria. I'm just like, I'm just kidding, you know. But like single guys serving God, you know, there bunch of girls in every city. Oh and I, I just remember girls being would like. drop off gifts to these young, young boys. Make them cakes, drop off gifts. When I came on the scene, I'm like, wow. <laughs> But I, I promise, I was so single-minded about serving God, I, I gave it no thought. Even when she was around, um, we became really good friends, and I never thought of absolutely anything, any other possibilities, because I, was, I, had, I had said, God, I'm not even going to give it a thought until you tell me it's time. This is true. Let me tell the story real quick. I, this is so true, because I remember one time he said up for a crusade, and you know, girls, what we do. I was walking past slowly to see if he would notice me. You know, walked past a couple times. He didn't even look up, did not even look up at me. I'm like, what? I don't have it. I don't have it. And so it was, uh, it was, it was only because I had decided I'm, I'm going to serve God and nothing else. I'm going to be single-minded. And I had also the best times in the Lord I've, ever, ever, ever had because it was not just quality, but length of time. Yeah. And so I would be able to read my Bible for, you know, hours and hours nonstop and just like get lost in the word, you know, and read through, you know, half of the Old Testament in one day. And just like, it was amazing because I had no other responsibilities, you know, and then, or sometimes we'd be traveling and just driving, you know, through countries for hours and hours. And I'd be able to just be reading, reading my Bible and I would have dates with God, as crazy as that sounds, right? I would have dates with God where it was just me and God, and I couldn't wait to just be alone in a room with God where I could just play worship and pray and read my word and not have to do anything else. And so singlehood was, was like, at, at that age, once I made up my mind, it was like, it was amazing. I, I was able to do so much for God. You know, I we did crusades and we did uh, massive events and we traveled the world and we preached Jesus and that was all, you know, all devoted to that. And so it was an amazing season. Um, amazing season. Yeah. But when we, um, when it was time, you know, the Lord said, "All right, I need you to go back to Mexico City now, you know, for the next thing I have for you." And I didn't know what that was. All I knew is that in Mexico City there was nothing waiting for me, you know, and certainly no girls that I liked because I. I didn't know anybody who I was even attracted. I'm like, God, is it, maybe it's time to get married. You know, is it, is it time to get married now? Like, but who am I going to marry, right? And I already knew her. And, but she was way, way above my league. Like, I never even thought I could, like, I'm like, yeah, no. Like, she's like 10 levels ahead of me. Never going to happen. And when God does it, he, he, he does it. Yeah, amazing. And so, amazing. Yeah. And what's so great is that Ben and I were both very whole. I mean, obviously, we're never fully whole. Like, you get married, and you're like, wait, where'd that come from? Like, you know, <laughs> things keep coming up. But what I mean is we weren't needy. 
He didn't need me to fulfill a need. I, got, I was an add-on to his amazing life and the same. And so it was so healthy. You know, everybody says your first year of marriage is the hardest. I'm like, what? It was the best. It was the yeah. best. And I really feel like it gets better and better. And then you just pivot and learn how to keep having that intimacy with God as he's adding on the blessing. Because with blessing comes great responsibility. Yeah. So singlehood is a gift. Singlehood is a gift. If you're single, recognize the gift and thank God for it. Because um, one of the things we realize every time we do marriage counseling and, and and God showed us this many, many years ago, is that most marriage issues are not marital issues. They are not. They are personal issues. And so if you're single, this is your gift, your best time to become whole yes. so that you can become, you know, what are you going to bring into the relationship? You know, most people that are single are looking for people that are going to give them something. What are you going to give me? What are you going to add to me? And when they come to me, I said, what are you going to add to her? What are you going to add to him? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you better think about that because marriage isn't about what you get. It's about what you're going to give yeah. and give into the relationship. So if you could start dealing with all the junk in your life, you know, so that you move in like a minimalist, <laughs> like as whole as possible, <laughs> you know, again, we're not always perfect. We're always, yeah. you know, cultivating yes. our heart. But if you can deal with most of your, your stuff and your issues before marriage, when you get to marriage, like you're presenting yourself amazing. And guess what? What you're attracting is also somebody very whole into your life. Yes. Yes. Because there's nothing worse than getting married two unhealthy people getting married. And then if they have kids on top of that. I'm a big fan of marriage if you're healthy. If not, wait, get healthy, yeah. then get married. Yeah, don't bring that into it somebody does, it else's life. It doesn't mean life. you have to be perfect. Please no. don't misunderstand. Yeah, we, we're not saying that. Please understand, we still have lots no. of stuff no. we're working out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But it sure makes it easier. When you've done a lot of it. That's why we say the best thing you can do for your marriage is become whole. Yeah. You know, when you start dealing with you and your heart and you go to Sozo or, 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 you know, whatever other tools like, you know, there are out there and you become whole yourself, you're, you're improving your marriage. You're improving your family life. And so if you're single, there's a gift because you're not yet responsible for someone else and you're not yet living with someone else and you're not yet in that place, you know, where your time is now shared. You know, I can't spend the same amount of time with God now that I did before because now I have responsibilities and it's okay because the Bible tells me that's what it was going to be like, right? And God surely would not, here's the other one, God surely would not want me neglecting my family to have time with him. Yeah. I've met some spiritual men, very spiritual men, who take time away from their families and their spouses to spend time with God. I'm like, wake up earlier and spend time with God. Don't rob your family and neglect your responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Uh, well, you should have clapped on that one, but okay. Okay, we're going to close <laughs> with this. We are way past time. Four lies that single people tend to believe or could believe. Number one. If I get married, oh no, okay, sorry. Uh, So this is lie number one. Being single equals being alone. That's a lie. That's a lie. If I get married, I will never be alone. That is a lie. Many people feel alone in marriage. Loneliness is a condition of the heart. If you feel lonely now, it will only grow in marriage. Trust me. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because again, if you're looking for something external to fix something internal, it's not going to happen. It's a lie. Okay. Um, next, Number next two, slide. Your value is in your role. I'm not valuable until I'm a wife. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. I'm a graduate. Value is in your role. Yeah, that's that's a lie. Yeah, our that's worth only comes from Jesus. Our value only comes from Jesus. If we never did anything else, we are so valuable. Doesn't that make you so free? Like, we don't have to do anything. Just love Jesus, and what Jesus did makes us valuable. Next lie. You go. True life starts when I get married. Wrong. True life starts when I get married. False. True life starts. <laughs> have you guys been married the young, longest? Because you're laughing the hardest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True life starts when you meet, meet Jesus. When Jesus comes to your life. Life starts when you meet Jesus. And Colossians talks about, says our, our true life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Eternal purpose rises up in us. And lie number four, marriage will make me happy. Ha, ha, ha. Aren't you happy? I'm happy, but I was happy before. Yes, you were. Right? And you'd be like, oh, no, don't say that. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. If you're not happy before you get married, mar marriage is not going to make you happier. It's just going to show you how, <sighs> never mind. <laughs> It'll amplify. Whatever was there, it will just amplify. That's it. right. Think yeah. of a big microscope or magnifying glass to your heart. When you get married, mm -hmm. that's when you see everything that's really in your heart. Yeah. yeah. So happiness yeah. comes from Jesus. Joy yeah. comes from Jesus. Joy I have met some very, very lonely people in marriage. And yeah. I have met some very happy people being single. Yeah. And it's because it's a condition of our heart. Yeah. So Singlehood, your life is not on hold. You That's have right. so much time. Enjoy it. Go on adventures with God. It's just you get to encounter God in such a special way. Yes, yes. And you get to prepare yourself for the spouse that you want. You know, and 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 um, I learned about sowing and reaping when I was a, a teenager. And the Lord said, you're also sowing into what you want your spouse to be like. So if you want your spouse to have a nice white smile, why don't you brush your teeth and whiten them and, you know, and have a good breath, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And look at her smile. She's like the whitest smile, right? It's like you, you, you want your spouse to be in shape? Well, why don't you get in shape? And I mean a good shape, you know? Like, <laughs> like you want your spouse to, you know, that, then why don't you do that? Because you're sowing. See, you're preparing you to give you to someone else. So you're sowing into your life what you want to reap in a spouse. Are you following me? Yeah. Okay. And so if you're already married, that's too late for you. Okay. <laughs> but you can still apply the same principles and work on you because yes. most of the time in marriage, you want the other person to change. And let me tell you, the real secret is in you start changing. Yep. You start True. changing. You yeah. start sowing, you know. You yeah. Mind? So we'll close in prayer. One other thing I want to say, too. Um, addictions don't go away in marriage. You think once I'm married, these addictions will go away. Mm -hmm. They will not. And marriage is not a cure for anything. Right. You know, Jesus is the cure, and he sets us free. So.